What is up, music junkies? We're back with a brand new episode here. So uh, before we get started, you know, what can you tell us about yourself? Uh, how would you describe your sound to to your audience or to an audience? Um, I mean, Travel Seed sound, I'd say it's roots reggae um, music, but we also kind of like blend in a lot of other genres with it. Like we'll 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 do like a cumbia vibe on something or like a EDM vibe, like Gunsmoke, for instance, or Run the Show. Like mm. it's um, there's a lot of like EDM kind of influence mixed with roots reggae, and nice. um, you know we'll 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 do like some guitar stuff, like you know distortion type vibe. So we we add like other elements. Um, plus, we have two songs in Spanish. You know, Sham's been singing this Gondwana tune and. Um, and uh, Libertad, and there's songs that we do in Spanish too. So we influence from where everybody kind of came from um, music musically, but everybody all on the same roots reggae vibe. You know what I'm saying? So like oh, the yeah. roots reggae is like your base, and then you yeah roots reggae. It up. Roots reggae is absolutely the base of Travel Seeds yeah. music, and we all, all kind of um, even though we're all kind of from different places, we all kind of grew up in the same. Um, style of listen of mu of reggae music that we liked, um, Oswald, Burning Spear, you know yeah. that era culture, you know um, all of that, and so um, we all kind of, I guess, I guess we all sort of found each other from being musically on one mind, sort of, you know. What I'm saying? So, so how did you get into the music? You know, starting off like when you were a child, uh, up to so, now. wow. So, um, <laughs> okay, I started. Uh, so I started um, playing guitar first when I was like seven my family all played guitar so I did that and I was kind of hyper ass kid so my mom was like I'll get you drum set you know you need to like get your energy out yeah. I was like a little little skater kid you know what I mean and, <laughs> and so like I, I I never went to school for music I never took uh I took drum lessons for maybe like two or three years when I was a kid and the rest of the time I just like sat in my room and played the records all day long and then by high school um I had bands I had like punk bands and i actually had a reggae band like as i was leaving high school and then um i got into reggae because through my brother and uh i ended up before travel seeds um uh, little of my history i basically backed all of the biggest jamaican reggae artists for the last like 25 years so you know at Brandon levy gregory isaac uh, sean paul shaggy like all those cats that's who i was working with and touring with before Beautiful. like before like the cali reggae scene became what it is right yeah um, it was it was uh mostly like if you were in a reggae band it's like you wanted to sound like jamaica reggae and so my goal was to sound like these jamaican drummers like sly dunbar and Horsemouth and all these guys that i listened to and idolized and it's crazy because i end up actually you know playing with these guys and being on a first name basis with some of these cats that i'm like damn i can't believe yeah you know me a little you know dude from you know venice california or whatever like i end up playing with like all all the biggest names in jamaican reggae and it's you know i've been pretty blessed you know what i mean and i kind of put myself in those situations and i was like one of them go-getter type of musicians i was like yo you need me like you know what i'm saying like check me out you know i'll be at everybody's show and sit in and you know I, a lot of guys will be like hey how did you get to where you are i'm like i don't know how it all happened but i know that my um my my motivation was always there you know what i'm saying and my my goal my end goal of becoming a professional musician was always you're there. grinding and, you, and hustling yeah grinding uh, and dude yeah so we you know we would do i would play you know six nights a week in nightclubs and you know bars and shit and you know all that shit so it's like 
you know, you got to hustle. None of this stuff comes overnight. You know, I mean, yeah, I guess if you're like a cute 15 year old girl with some pop song, you can, you know, <laughs> yeah. but you know, in the real world of music and all of us musicians and we fucking spent our whole life trying, you know, get to this. Yeah. Trying to shoot for the stars and, you know, yeah, but it, but I am doing that. It takes so much yeah. perseverance and work and a lot of rejection and a lot of like depression and, Oh, am I good enough? Oh, I'm, you know, I'm not good enough for this or, you know, Blood, that kind of, you know, tears, I'm sure we've all yeah. been there mm -hmm. where you like, damn. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, and that's funny. Cause I, you know, apart from the reggae thing, I was also like doing session work for like a bunch of weird, stuff bro like i did like uh ricky martin i did like a couple songs for ricky <laughs> oh, martin nice. uh, yeah like i did uh you remember that group nelson i did a couple songs for that group nelson from back in the day like just random like session work you know i got to work with diane warren which was, was really awesome she's like one of the most major songwriters probably in american history i would say like she's got like thousands of you know, top 10 hits. She wrote like Aerosmith. Uh, I don't want to close my eyes. You know, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. want to follow. She I don't want to miss a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So like she, you know, getting to work with people like that, I was like, damn, like, wow, I'm actually hobnobbing with, you know, people actually in the industry, you know what I'm saying? Like that have done big things. And so like, I just was like, every time I would do stuff like that, I'd be like, I got to I got to do this. I have to make this happen. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. so, but you never know if it's going to happen or not. So you, you know, some guys spend their whole life never going anywhere and they're great musicians, you know what I'm saying? So it's, you know, it's, it's, it's partly luck of the draw and it's partly your, your work ethic. I think that gets you where you want to go, you know? Yeah. Yep. So you gotta, you gotta keep grinding until you get, you know, where you want to go. Um, yeah. One Absolutely. question I do have, did you grow up listening to mainly reggae? No, actually. I, um, so the first music that I, I mean, classic rock was it for me, like that started me on this whole journey. Led Zeppelin was my favorite group and all that 70s era of classic rock, basically, yeah. you know, Journey and Sticks and all that. So I started playing that. I learned all those songs. <clears throat> and then um, I kind of gravitated to punk rock from that. And so I was into punk rock, basically, like growing up mostly. I got a regular, like I said, around high school, I think was around. 16 or so my brother kind of and at first it's funny because i i didn't like it at first you know mm -hmm. i was like man it's just slow and you know what i mean i was used to, I used to, to play punk thrash. Do, 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 do. yeah i wanted to play like <laughs> and and, yeah, and, yeah. yeah or like rock music and stuff and like so you know when i first heard reggae i was like eh. but then he took me to a couple concerts and um i got to see oswald live back in the 80s like the 80s and um uh bernie spear and i saw um Steel Pulse with Jimmy Cliff. And the, those three shows, I was like, oh my God. Like when I saw it live, that's where I really like got for reggae music. I was like the bass and you know, the sound of the drums and like the whole the whole vibe. That's what really made me like fall in love with the music. And then I started to get into the records and you know, all of that. But before that, I was like, eh, <laughs> you know, that's like, my thing, it's kind of slow, you know what I mean? Yeah, you're down for those, I, I did those crazy, punk yeah. thrash shows where yeah I, I didn't i didn't I, at that time I, I had never been to jamaica and i didn't know patois i do now fluently but like then i was like what are they saying i don't even know what they're talking about yeah. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, well, you know, i mean you were young and rebellious and uh, you know yeah you, but that's, that's and it, exactly and that's kind of that's kind of funny you say that because that's that's a big part of why i got into reggae because the punk rock that i listened to was very political crass and you know um yeah. final conflict and conflict and all these bands like that were super political and reggae to me was rebel music like punk rock was you know they were fuck the system and you know um you know 
eat the rich, you know what I'm saying, type of vibe. But in a different way. In a different way, Mm -hmm. right. And a different struggle um, that Jamaicans had um, in creating reggae than American or British punk rockers had. But they're very similar, too, in ways, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And that's why Bob, Bob Marley wrote Punky Reggae Party. That's exactly what it was about. He saw the punk rock scene and the reggae scene as like one and the same, and that's when he came up with that song. He's talking about that that vibe. So yeah. I think a lot of like punk, like Shams too, um, CeeLo, the, the other drummer for Tribal Seeds um, that I replaced, that plays with Sublime, same thing. He grew up punk rock, got into reggae through the punk rock world. I think a lot of us did actually, you know. Yeah. So okay. He, so you've you already talked about you know who you who you've been in contact with, who you played with. You know, are there other uh, artists that you would like to collaborate with or, or also play shows with? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure there are. Um, um, like right now, like is, you mean in terms of any genre or in terms of like my the genre that I'm in? Let's let's do a couple of each. Um, wow, that's a hard question. Who do you want to do songs with? Well, I mean, like so in our in our in our genre, um, I would love to do a collab with, with Chronics eventually. Uh, we have a song with Protege, but we really want to get Chronics. That would be a, that would be a cool one. Um, uh, Bougie was also another one. Growing up, Bougie was like one of my idols. I, I don't know about the new stuff so much, but he's still to me like one of the top, you know. Um, as far as like in the Cali reggae world, I mean, we pretty much toured and worked with everybody already, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So, but I am doing a, I'm doing an all collab um, EP, a solo. I sing as well, so I'm doing a, right. a solo, a solo album. It's like I'm new, um, doing collabs with everybody in the scene. Um, I'm working on one with, with Fortunate Youth and one with Hyrie and one with you know uh, a bunch of different artists in the scene. So we're gonna we're gonna put this this little collab record together. I think um, that's awesome. Like nice. tentatively, it's gonna be called Zeb and the Left Coast All Stars. So it's gonna be basically like a conglomerate of all the artists in the scene like kind of you know working together and collabing this whole this whole thing so it should be pretty cool but it's taking a lot of work you know yeah yeah especially <laughs> well. especially right now with everything yeah. going on but back sure. to what you're saying um i i would love to do a tour um man let's give me a minute let me so, there's, so, I, there's so many <laughs> I, yeah dude uh wow that's a that's a hard question man let me okay. come back to that. Let me come back right. to that. So, so if it wasn't for the music, what do you think you'd be doing right now? Um, bro, I have no idea to be honest with you. I don't mm. know. I would have probably like moved to Hawaii and be like uh, running like a like a, a acai bowl place or something. Oh, <laughs> you shit. know, what I'm yeah, or like it's, it's funny you rent. say that because there's so many fucking amazing acai bowl places in Hawaii. <laughs> Oh, uh, dude, yeah. In like, Kona. I, in Kona. Oh, my God. Oh, North Shore, all that. So, I don't know. Like, you know, I mean, I guess that would be everybody's dream to, you know, surf and go to the beach. Yeah, all the kicking time. it. Kicking that's it pretty much beach. what I do anyway, though. So, it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? I live at the beach, you know what I mean? So, it's like, but I don't know. Like, music has always, you know, been my thing and given me direction. Like, I, I never actually, I had a bunch of odd jobs um, growing up um, beside, outside of music when things were slow. But I never really pictured myself like working an actual job. I think it would, it would have to be something in the music related field somehow. Like, you can't you can't imagine yourself with the suit, like a or something. Yeah, you know what I mean. Going like, to a nine to five. Uh, dude. I mean, I don't. Do you guys do you guys do music for a living, or do you guys? We don't do we don't do it for a living. We do it, but not for a living. It. You know. It, yeah. I still have my nine to five job and my so, ties. So like when, <laughs> right. So like when you go to your 
nine to five job, are you always thinking about like, damn, I wish I was touring. I uh, wish I was all I'm thinking <laughs> about is music, working dude. on music. <laughs> I'm working. I'm trying to work to get out of that. So I'm focused on this podcast. I'm focused on music, making music. I'm focused on everything else. That's not corporate. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. yeah, man. It's, it's yeah. I, yeah, it's, it's, hard. it's, it's it, yeah i don't know like right now it's really hard obviously because of covid yeah. and you know we're not really working um all our tours canceled so now i'm back in the regular world of like oh shit how am i gonna survive how am i so you know i've been working steady in the studio doing a lot of yeah. drum, i do a lot of drum tracks for people um and producing projects and stuff like that you know obviously it's you know not Here's making my next question so what does your creative process look like when you're actually writing your your stuff um for tribal seeds or me personally for anything. you personally yeah, now we're it's... learning from you so uh, okay okay so um me personally i mean she most of the time uh right now when i'm riding i'll do that shit in my car like i'll you know work like we might come up with an idea for a rhythm or a beat do like a little pre-production of it right Mm -hmm. I just drive in my car, listen to that shit over and over and over and over and over and just start, okay, what's the, what's the, what's the, and if I don't come up with nothing in the first, like, 15 minutes or so, then I just put it to the side and work on something else, you know what I mean? Because yeah, I know yeah. guys, I know guys that'll spend days and days trying to come up with a chorus for a song and shit, Me? and you're like, yeah, well, I mean, hey, <laughs> Me yeah, like you said, everybody's process is different. I was like, but, damn, I feel hella attacked right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there's nothing wrong with that. Just for me, I'm not patient. I'm ADHD like a motherfucker. So it's like, I'm like, dude, if I go, if it doesn't just jump out to me, like in the first like 10, 15 minutes, I just put it away and come back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I don't like to rack my brain about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you don't want to drive yourself crazy. Pulling your hair it. and shit, just trying to come up with one chorus. Yeah, exactly. Um, but um, but as far as like, so when I'm drum tracking for people, my best thing when I do my best tracks is to not even listen to the song before I go in the studio and just get to the studio and just fucking, because I'll overthink it if I, unless it's like, you know, a song with, some kind of crazy arrangements that I need to learn or something, you know what I mean? But if it's, you know, it's say it's like a reggae song or whatever, I don't ever listen to, like people will send me the track without drums and I'll wait till I get to the studio, put it on and just jump in the booth and just do it, you know what I mean? How, fa how fast, I'll how be fast like, oh, do you come that. up with a drum track for a reggae song? He's a drummer, it, it happens ah, on the fly. Quack, quick, first take, <laughs> usually first take, but I'll, I'll usually do two takes uh like vary the second take and maybe do some crazier shit some like, okay, fill in some options you know some fill in yeah like i'll do the first take i'm usually doing first take is usually gonna be more straightforward like what you know because you know playing live and playing in the studio are two different things right so yeah. playing live you can get away with a lot more fancier shit than in the studio you definitely got to keep things more simple and more like you know and um so like i like i said like you know that's just me i know a lot of guys will sit there and like practice the songs like, oh, I'm going to do this fill here. Yeah. Oh, let me work on that fill. You know what I mean? I don't ever do that. Like, I will never do that. It's like, I just go like, ah. be done by the time you get there, you know? Yeah, you, you know, you pr I already <laughs> practiced when I was a kid, dude. Like, you know? <laughs> so, so it's like, I'd rather just jump in and do it. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you told us a little bit about the people you played with, some big-ass names, like, you know, Gregory Isaacs. Um, so can you tell us some of the stories of touring with them, you know, back in the day? Oh, dude, bro, how long do we have here? <laughs> we have as much time have? As, you, as you want. Yeah, man, like, <laughs> this is your time. I got, I got a gang of stories. Um, So, okay, well, let's see. Uh, Good ones and bad ones. Um, Barrington Levy was, 
probably the artist that I toured with for the longest amount of time and the most. So he, I've gone all over the world with that dude like, like hundreds of times. So I have the most stories with, probably with him. Um, I'll tell you one. Okay, so uh, we went through some crazy shit playing. I did playing with Jamaican artists, um, typically Jamaican clubs. Um, you know, a lot of the promoters were shady as hell. And, you know, yeah. you're in some sketchy areas and shit. You know, we played in some crazy places like French Guyana and stuff. So we played a show in the Bahamas one time and uh, a riot broke out. Uh, Barrington left the stage and all of a sudden you start hearing gunshots. Pop, 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 oh, pop, shit, pop. Shit. And we're like, fuck is going on? You know, ah. And the fucking army, a Bahamas army, Bahamian army comes and surrounds the band with full on SLRs and shit. And they're like, get in the Jeep, get in the Jeep. And we're like, we're just playing what music. They were like, the fuck, dude? They take dude. us straight to the airport and like throw us on like a private plane to get the hell out of there because it was turning into this big, like a alien type shit. Yeah, like they didn't know or something. And like they were like, what the fuck is going on, dude? And we just get ushered into this fucking plane and like out of there. Holy like, shit! Some crazy shit. Like we did, um, we did a show. I remember one time with him. We did a show in New York in like Bed Stuy, Brooklyn, or some shit, and super ghetto like crazy sketchy it's, it's nightclub right <laughs> brooklyn has nice places and bad places yeah, this yeah. was definitely not a nice place <laughs> and um so we pulled up in the van and uh <laughs> this dude just gets capped in line for the show right as we pull up with the artist dude gets shot in the head barrington is like keep driving and just fucking kept driving dude and we never went to the club we never went to the show we're just like we're out of here like i don't blame you for that one, wait man. did you uh, see it happen yes yeah. <laughs> yes like right in front of your fucking right face. like he described that shit and i fucking felt it like <laughs> as if i was there <laughs> like like this dude that and i've seen it before growing up in la but yeah, yeah like yeah. but it's never easy to see but like at oh. that time you're like, okay, the show. You're like, you're all excited. Let's do the show, right? This dude just gets capped, bro, like right in front of us. And we're like, fuck. So those are some crazy, I have some funnier stories on a lighter note. Um, <laughs> no, uh, it's cool. <laughs> so one of the funniest to me, like, um, it doesn't actually involve the artist, but we were on, so I was on tour with him and we were in Poland in the airport. And um, our tour manager, road manager dude was like this big, huge dude. Looked like Rick Ross, the rapper Rick Ross. <laughs> yeah. Like, he was big though, like six, eight, 400 pounds, right? Big black dude, right? And me and him are walking through the airport to get some food or whatever. And this little like Polish or Italian guy with a suit on, like my size, me, I'm small, right? This dude is eight times my size, right? <laughs> this little dude sees him. I don't know if it was racist or what it was. We have still this thing, we don't know. But he like throws his briefcase on the floor and he goes, yo, he goes, you, and Biggs, his name was Biggs. He goes, what, me? Like, he's like, me? He goes, yeah, you, suck on my fucking balls. And he's like, he's like, he's like framing right. his balls in the airport, bro. Let me get up and show you how he did it. He goes, you, suck on my fucking balls, right? And, um, <laughs> and we were like, oh, my fucking God, this dude wouldn't stop, bro. And, and Biggs like, bro, what did I do? And he's like, suck on my balls, right? And they fucking ends up in handcuffs and they fucking take this dude to jail, bro. And still to this day, like back then, I don't think we like, we didn't like have these cool ass phones that we have now. It's more like yeah, flip phones. So you couldn't, you like, couldn't really like record it. 90s and shit. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't really record it, but like, it was the funniest shit, dude. I was like, 
I can't believe that shit just happened right now. What the oh, fuck? Man. Maybe maybe he maybe he was, you know, playing for the other team and he really wanted him to suck his balls. It could be. Hey, I, I'm not mad at him for that, but it was a little aggressive, you know? Oh man. He really wanted it. It's a little it's a little aggressive, yeah. Oh god. Yeah, and then it's funny because so I used to play um with a lot of like Latin pop artists, um, like Paulina Rubio. I played with her for a minute. Oh, really? And uh yeah, Cat uh, De Luna. I don't know if you know Cat De Luna is, but Cat yeah. De Luna, she's a Dominican singer, kind of like a Shakira, yeah. um, pretty big, but she's very big in the um, in the gay and lesbian community. That's like her main um, fan base, right? So her, all of her tours were all Pride Fests, and they were like all these nightclubs, like just the, the LGBTQ community. And I had never really been around like these nightclubs and like all these people like that. I came from like the Jamaican <laughs> reggae scene into yeah, that. Yeah. To now, a nightclub sudden, scene, yeah. No, well, now they like the, the roadie guys. <laughs> guy. are, like the roadie guys are like <laughs> full on, you know, assless chaps and like carrying my drums and stuff. You know what I mean? It was just funny because it was like it was like this whole new world for me and shit. But I, they were super cool. <laughs> it was just different, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. The, the the scenes that like coming from like say like the regular Latin pop scene and the reggae or the Jamaican reggae scene to the Cali reggae scene to like only pride fests and stuff. Yeah. It's funny. It's a huge transition. Yeah. Music will take you to a lot of places, man. You know what I'm saying? And you know, especially if you're open to any kind of music and you're not, you know, I know I play a lot of reggae, but I'm not a reggae drummer only. I play music. You're a drummer. You're a drummer. I'm a drummer. You know, and I always tell people that like, don't classify yourself as like, I am a rock and roll drummer or I'm a jazz drummer because you're just a musician. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. You, you should, whether or not you can play all styles, you should be open to maybe learning or eventually, you know, trying to get good at all. And, that, you know, that's that's kind of one of the reasons we started this podcast. We want to open everyone's eyes to there is not just, you know, you're there's not just pop. There's not just rap. There's not just reggae. There's so many genres, so many great artists, musicians, you know, right. Stuff oh, like yeah. That. That you you you'll never, you know, there's long ass list. You'll never run through it, you know, in right. your in your lifetime. And there's so many good people that just give them a chance, and you just yeah, or give other you, genres a chance. You never know. Yeah, I mean, it might not be your thing, but I think as far as becoming a better musician, I think it's always good to learn, know, have an open mind, and learn. Yeah, yeah. and the, you know, when the day when I, this, I can't remember who told me this, but he's like. The day you stop learning about music is the day you should put down your sticks. Something like that. Like, you know, if you think like, oh, I'm the shit and I've done all this great shit and nobody can tell me that that's you know, or you or I've gone as far as I'm gonna get, yeah. then why even bother playing? Like, all right, that's that's just becoming comfortable, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. I think we all should right. all, you know, we should all be always like, dude, I can I, I always gotta get pushing. pushing. I got one for you. Yeah. What's the hardest technique you've learned on drums? That, you, that, that took the longest to even just get down that you're just fought tooth and nail with uh technique or or style of music let's go with both you just keep like opening up brand new doors or, baby yeah. let's go so style style of music for sure um i played like for a minute with this dude was like um like a middle eastern rock artist okay mm. and, and it was interesting because uh his name was schmoyle and he was like a rapper by looking dude right but he mm -hmm. played this like super insanely hard time signature shit dude like ridiculous like the song would start in six and all of a sudden be in nine and go to 11 and four and like and i'm like dude i honestly i can't do this like <laughs> yeah. i'm not 
not good at, 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 at odd time signatures till to this day. That's like definitely one of my, I can't play dream theater and shit like that. And I bet you he was the kind of guy that was like, no, 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 it's like this look. And you're like, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, straight up, dude. To him, his songs made perfect fucking sense. Like you're doing like a rock beat and then he want you to go to like a Middle Eastern 11 thing and then back to like some other like i'm like bro like that's just so outside of my that's a fucking roller coaster oh my gosh <laughs> yeah like you got to keep me in four or maybe six eight <laughs> other than that like i could do a bar of five here and there or something you know but to play a whole song where it's like seven different time signatures and shit like that that's just okay, not that me. level of anxiety would be yeah bro it was that's a good that's a good term for it it was super anxiety i was like fuck like, like i can't do this you know and i'm counting one two three four five six seven one two you know saying while i'm playing oh I'm like, god there's yeah, this so. there's this band called the number 12 looks like you literally every four seconds or every five seconds of the song is different tempo different beats i can't do it I can't <laughs> it's just do like it, bro. your head is like just spinning because there's so much shit going on you don't know what i the can't fuck and then the other the other thing would be like blast beat it's like double bass shit, oh, like yeah. like speed like, yes. I I I used to do a little bit, but I stopped because it's like I don't want to spend eight hours a day just going. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like just my get feet, you some like, nice caps though, you know, bro. Yeah, hey. yeah, I'm sure it's sexy, but you know what I'm saying? Like you won't make you won't make no money doing that. I had a friend who was like an amazing speed metal drummer. You know, he's like, "Fuck, dude, I, I can't. I'm not making any money doing this." I'm like, "I know, dude. Play some funk or some shit people can dance yeah, to, yeah. and yeah. you'll make some money." And he started. He's like, "You're right. Like, you got like a Damn. like a." Well, like we, cover we you know, Jake, Jake and I came from the metal scene, you know, we grew up playing metal, not, not speed metal, but yeah, you would have the double, pe double pedal, yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah. blast beats and shit like that. I love it. I love but there's, to it. there's just... no, there's no money in the metal scene anymore. Maybe back, and, back in the day, maybe, let's, and you had let's to say be 2009. Like... You had to be like a Ben Sevenfold or something exactly, to like actually exactly. make money. Like, and then, and, so but massive. listen to them now. They don't sound anything like they used to. No. Yeah. So, no. so, you know, all these metal bands are turning into rock bands. Mm. So, yeah, like, for real. like rock alternative type style with a little you bit have of metal. To do, you have to, yeah, you have to differentiate yourself. You know, that, like a, a good example that I saw that was System of a Down. They're an L.A. band. When I first saw System of a Down, they were like a local band. And they were just a straight metal band. Yeah. Right? And I saw them and everybody's talking about, oh, System of a Down, you got to check out the band, right? And I was like, mm, sounds just like every other metal band in L.A., right? And then... Somewhere along the line between I saw them and they that put out that first record, they changed their sound to that crazy dope shit that they yeah. do now. And I was like, Oh, I get it now. Like it's yeah. not the same band that I saw. Yeah, they were the they same went, band, but they metal to like psychedelic metal. Crazy like a psychedelic yeah. metal. I don't even know, dude. They're, they're I just don't know so how crazy. they came up with it, but somebody in the band, whether it was Surge or somebody was like, All right, dude, we need to fucking like revamp our shit yeah. here and it worked for them. and you got you, i mean you got to think of it as a business you want to if you want to do it for man. the rest of your life you got to make yeah, sure that it's of course yeah, it's and, and it's still your art thing. it's not i don't think you're ever um selling out by selling records i think when you to me a sellout is somebody that like sings about positivity and then starts singing about fucking killing people or something or whatever yeah. to, to make money right a like say a, a conscious rapper that goes to be a thug rapper yeah. or something that's that's selling out to me you know what i mean uh, apart from changing what your what your message is, I don't think musically anything is selling out. It's called selling records, bro. And yeah. I think every musician wants to fucking sell records. I don't care who you are. Like, yeah. deep down. They, okay, yeah, you want to be an artist, yes. But you also want to be known and you want people to sing your songs. And you know what I mean? So 
yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't really believe in in like the the, the whole sellout cancel culture type thing. You know what I'm saying? I, I saw this this artist interview that he said, as long as I'm providing for my family and for myself, and people are listening to my music, I I don't care if I if you call me a sellout. I'll be right. a sellout all day, every day, as long as you know people people are uh, listening yeah, to my dude. stuff. And Absolutely. my family's taking care of. Hell yeah, right. dude. He's Hell selling yeah. out all the way to the bank, bro. Yeah, exactly. Good job, man. It's his moneymaker. <laughs> he's selling out. Knock him out for doing that. He's selling out records. You know what I'm saying? Selling out shows. Yeah. You know, that so, was what. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. My bad, brother. Oh, no, it's all good. Go ahead. I'm, I'm good. Okay. I was, I was going to say I was just going to ask you, you know, um, what what's one of your favorite songs to perform or play? Um, for Tribal Seeds, uh, I love playing around the show um, because we okay. do this dope like uh edm breakdown live on it and it's like it's crazy dubstepy and like shit like that that's one of my favorite ones to play i also like playing um surrender um and then we have a song called empress um which is like a stepper's beat and i love playing that song i mean i you know i, I i've been a travel seeds fan long before i was in the band so yeah. you know i'm stoked i get to play with these guys every day and you know what i mean they're, they're all my all brothers right. now and you know what i'm saying um but there are songs that to me are like, I enjoy playing more than say other songs, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, like, you know, those three, and also Dark Angel. So we um, we recently been working a lot with um, String Quartet. And so when we did One Love um, Festival um, and on our, our single that's gonna be coming out called Fallen Kings, uh, we have a full string quartet, um, which was really cool. Like really uh, opened up this whole new world to us. Like, oh shit, you could blend like this orchestra stuff with roots reggae and it sounds dope as fuck, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So we've been exploring more of that kind of thing, you know what I mean? And you know, we're working on this new record and like there's a lot of different styles on this record, I think, that like we got El Dusty. I don't know if you know El Dusty is he did this dope like cumbia reggae EDM kind of big track that we're doing on there and it's just it's badass to me. Like, you know, I like I like I like the band um the, the fact that Steve and, and, and all of us, we like to take risks and chances. Like, mm -hmm. we don't just stick with the same formula for every yeah. record. You know, Roots Party was a lot different than Representing was. Um, and a lot of that has influenced, you know, Ian was in the band then and Representing was Ian's, um, a lot of it was Ian's influence. And then Roots Party was more like Steve, kind of like, I'm going to actually take the reins on this EP. And like, that was a lot of his vision of, you know, those songs. And it was, it's cool to not do the same thing over and over and over. You know what I mean? And I'm not going to name any names, but there are bands in our scene um, that do that. They find their formula and I get it because it's, um, you know, you're okay. You're guaranteed that your fans are going to dig this new record because it sounds just like the other record, yeah, right? Yeah. You know? It's like when you actually take chances and shit, then you actually can grow musically, I think. And, you know, like, I think a lot of the fans do like that. But it's hard because some people only want this sound yeah. that they know, you know, there's they're travel so, They're fans. so set in their ways. Yeah. All right. Well, I got a there's question travel. because I want to pick your brains up, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. So for when you're structuring an actual song, is there an exact recipe to it? Or do you do you have a method of your own that you use as like a template? Or how do you go about that? You're no, I mean, um, you know, like I said, my songwriting and Steve's are totally different. Like for Tribal Seeds, um, Steve is coming up with like the chord progressions and he might have like a hook idea, bring it to the band, right? And go, hey, try this, let's try this. You know, man, we're, we're all kind of like putting our own creative juices into his vision, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Which is cool. 
but um you know he's he's coming up with most of the the basis of the ideas to start and then we're all just kind of throwing in our ideas on top of that when i do my own songs you know then it's either me or me and like a you know somebody i'm working with a producer whatever like yeah i have a different songwriting process i actually like um sometimes i like to do the song from scratch sometimes i like somebody else to do the music and i'll just write the lyrics you know what i'm saying it's just so much easier you know what i mean just focus so, on one little spot yeah I get as you. far as like coming up with songs from scratch um you know i used to you know be a drum machine dude we all were i used to do pre-production on drum machine all that lately i now that i have access and we do live drum tracks I, i'm all about live right now yeah. unless i'm doing some kind of edm dubstep shit i want live okay. drums on everything you know what i mean i just got so burnt out on the whole drum machine thing you know what i'm saying that like yeah. now when i hear songs with drum machine i'm like this doesn't move <laughs> yeah. i want to hear the drum i want to hear the, the feel i want to hear the fills i want to you know what i'm saying yeah i like that that was that's one thing that really got me into reggae music was listening the to rawness and slide on and all these drummers that were like doing this amazingly dope hi-hat patterns and mm-hmm. and shit like that you know what i'm saying so i try and do that sometimes in our songs too like uh, uh roots party is an interesting one okay so roots party it's a one drop, a typical kind of Bob Marley one drop. But on the second verse, I go to a whole different hi-hat pattern for the first part of the verse just to vary it in the song. And some people might not pick up on it. But instead of going, right, that vibe, I go. Okay. Right? Just for like four bars, four bars or eight bars, and then go back to the other beat. And those are the things I think like me Personally, as a drummer, I like to hear bands do shit like that. Yeah. I like to hear drummers do do some interesting shit. I'm just so like, it's oh. not just the same repetitive, right? Thing. Exactly, and Very you know, and and re- the repetitiveness is is one thing that's cool about reggae because it's supposed to be kind of hypnotic, and and that part I I do as well. But sometimes it's nice to do. You don't have to do fills all the time. You know what I'm saying? You could do mm-hmm. really nuanced little things without doing a big drum fill that crack. changes up the song and doesn't keep it all repetitive yeah yeah exactly and they, i think like as a drummer and i think um uh, being in the studio all the time really made me better at that because it studio, tightens everything up dude you have a click track you have a guy telling you no you fucked up redo it and you're like yeah yeah and also Thanks, brother. Got- and also those songs recorded are going to live forever yeah. so you're you're definitely more like thinking, you know, when you're live, you're like, fuck it, I must do this big ass fucking, yeah, you yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the energy of the crowd and shit, because it's just one and show. And, and you're it. building everyone up, you know? Yeah. Right, and if people want to hear more live yeah. than they do, but on the records, you really got to like hold back and you got to find ways to do it creative and exciting things without overplaying over the vocals and yeah. shit like Think that. of it like seducing them to come to your shows. Right, exactly. And then when they come to your show and they go, damn, the live show, you want that you want the audience to think that your live show is even better than the record. Yeah, well, you don't want to be a studio band, you know. You don't want <laughs> right. to be considered and so, a studio and band. Some bands are. Some bands oh, are yeah. really amazing in the studio, but live they always they kind of fall short, yeah. and, you know. It's just Sounds a lot good, of but... a lot of musicians like that just don't have a live performance and You got to you know, have yeah, it's... it's the whole package I think um that you have to do and you know, like that's why like now we we always bring our horn section with us and you know what I'm saying sometimes we add in switch as a DJ like scratching and shit like that. To make the live show this that much than, better yeah, yeah yeah so so i you know oh I'm wait not... about real, real quick uh you say what artists i would like to tour with anderson pack yeah oh, okay, okay. <laughs> there i it is. would love to, i would love to even just meet anderson pack i never met him i'd love to just meet him but let alone i would love to go on tour with that dude or jam a song with him or play some percussion or some shit yeah. like that would i mean to That'd me 
right now. You know, I got to do that with Questlove before, which was awesome. But Anderson to me right now is like the dopest. So I'm gonna go right. to Anderson. I'm well, gonna go if to Anderson. we get him on the show one of these days, Man, <laughs> yeah, <let's> right. Tell <laughs> him show, let me, if you know. get him on the show, let me say hi at least. You know. <laughs> all right. Hey, so all right. So we talked about you know you said you know some other bands that you won't name. You know, kind of keep it repetitive. So there's you know there's a few bands that I've seen I've heard in the reggae scene that are changing up drastically to pop reggae. What do you think about pop reggae? I mean, look, it, okay, it's just like we went back to about okay, are you selling? Are you not selling? Yeah. I'm not mad at any band for going the pop route because I understand that it's it is a, it is a business. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. Me personally, I'm not a big fan of pop reggae i never was um there are some songs that i like but pop the pop major chord reggae stuff was never really my thing i was always into like minor like dread sounding stuff you know like and that's why i love steve's songwriting because he's into that too so i like the minor key songs i like to be more like i don't know it just makes me feel a different way like the happy thing is cool you know and if you got a cool catchy hook i get it you know what i'm saying it's just not like what i would listen to normally or like the steve's of our band for sure like obviously we want to hit you know what i'm saying don't get me wrong but we also want to create a a, a art, message and, 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 art, and, and art yeah 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 and our and so it's like you know it's it's a lot i think it's a lot easier to write a pop reggae song than it is to write a dope reggae song yeah. you know what i'm saying it's kind of easy to do yeah. take four minor, major chords and they sound happy and put together and have this happy chorus right yeah. and right, it'll well, sell well, like, like you know, Jay, Jake and I grew up in the metal scene. I, you know, when I was a little, Bob Marley was the first reggae influence that my brothers, you know, kind of led led me into. And then at Gregory Isaacs, you know, that raw reggae. Right. So, right, you exactly. know, I would listen to all the raw reggae and Slightly right. Stupid, um, mm-hmm. you know, Tribal Seeds. So, I actually listen so to you guys a lot. Stupid is a good example, too, because they grew up on the old school reggae like, old school. like we, yeah, yeah. we did. And yeah, that's why they have figure. Don Carlos with them and, you know, all that. That's actually how I met Stoopy was, so I was playing with Barrington Lee and they would be our opening band all the time. And so I met them in San Diego and it was just Kyle Miles and the old drummer. And so I saw them go from like this local band to like this, you know, the biggest band in the scene pretty much, them and Revolution. And both, same with Revolution. I saw yep. them go and they're, they're same with them. They, they kind of grew up like we did, like listening to, you know, Roots Reggae from Jamaica and all the old stuff. And so, you know, that's that's more of the the vibes that I gravitate to. You know, what I'm saying the bands that like like minded like that. Mm-hmm. I didn't really grow up in the Sublime era because Sublime to me was just another local band from where I lived in Long Beach. Oh the yeah, they were they were there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. So there was the, you know, there was the West Coast punk reggae type. Um, and you know, nothing stock. against Sublime, but they were never my favorite band. You know, what I mean, like I I understand why they're huge and popular it just wasn't my thing really you know yeah, what i'm saying yeah. so that lbc I, I think i think they broke they broke a lot of barriers of they did kinda, kind of Absolutely. mixing mixing a lot of the things together ska reggae punk uh, punk and all that yeah. yeah and they were very influential for that for sure you know what i'm saying um uh again i i i'm gonna say that they were a better recording band than they were live because every time i saw them live they were always kind of wasted like fucking fucking around you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> pre-gamed a little too hard yeah. i mean i, I mean i mean it, and any punk band just go, Dude, they go they, they go were, way they were too definitely hard punk. they go way too hard in the pre-game and then when they're playing it just sounds like noise <laughs> but like, they had they had a steez and they had like this unique originality that bradley had and so that's what set yeah. them apart you know what I'm saying? And 
and they did all these different genres. And again, they also loved and respected the old school reggae cats. And that's why they have songs, uh, um, Saw Red, that's Barrington Levy's song, you know, the uh, Pawn Shop, all those songs are, ba- they took them from Jamaican artists, right? It's Wailing Souls, uh, Half Pine, Love Is What I Got, that's Half Pine. So all the artists that I was playing with are the artists that Sublime ended up using their hooks and stuff for their songs. So they, they, they grew up in that old school, you know, type yeah, of vibe. And I think that's why people like gravitate to them now because they see that, they know that, you know? Yeah. Same with yeah. Stupid, you know? That so, era, go ahead. I forgot. <laughs> Forget the surprise. It's a surprise right there. So anyway, um, yeah, so, um, so like, I, you know, like I said, the pop thing is cool. I, I don't have anything against bands, you know, going pop or whatever, you know what I'm saying? As long as they keep their message, you know, intact of what they're trying to convey, whatever it might be, you know what I'm saying? You know, I I don't want to point people out, but you know, Soja is one of my favorite was one of my favorite bands until they went extremely pop. Right. And, and you as a you as a fan, I mean, that's totally understandable because yeah. you you probably got into them when they were this band. Yeah. That you were like, you know, maybe it was even when they were soldiers of Jaw Army or something. And yeah, yeah. That's yeah. when I first heard. Them. I that, love that's, that. That's when story. that's when I first heard them. You know. And then, right. they, you know, they kind of, but you got to remember together, too, but... you got to remember too, the bigger you get and, and you want to set yourself apart and stuff like that. And, yeah. you know, they got, they got management and people like that. The uh, money you know, and then, you know, the okay, hey guys, you know, we need to hit here and you know what I'm saying? Or whatever, whatever. Or Jacob might just be changing his style, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. And that happens too. So you as a fan, you got every right to like, Hey, I'm not really into this new thing anymore. Yeah. That doesn't mean that you're not a fan of the band anymore. Maybe like, they're going oh, through I, phase. I, I still hella listen to their old shit. You right. Know, they, you're the just, they're going through a phase that you're just yeah. not really feeling that phase. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That doesn't mean that they're going to be there forever either. Mm-hmm. They might just be trying. Trying something else and then changing something it up. Something out. Back, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I honestly haven't heard a new record from them in a, in a minute, right? No, they, they, they don't have much. anything new out. Right. The newest thing came out, what, uh, maybe beginning of last year, end of the year prior to that? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's been a minute, yeah. I mean, us too. That's why we're working hard right now. You know, we got to, we want to get, we want to get new music out. So, you know, that's why all year what we've been doing since COVID, especially all our tours canceled. So like finish this record. Um, we also have another announcement coming up here. Maybe tomorrow in the next day or two, I can't say what it is yet, but you'll, you'll see it. It's going to be a big announcement in a minute. So Man, that's a tease, bro. That's a tease. Yeah. I wish I could, <laughs> I wish I could, I wish I could divulge, information more but yeah, you know no, no, i get it i get it so dangle the carrot go ahead <laughs> yeah uh, um so anyway i gotta leave in a minute so um give me like i got about five more minutes sorry no problem all right well i i think the last thing we you know want to know you know can you you want to say something to you know anyone that hasn't heard heard of tribal seeds or anyone that hasn't heard of you that's you know trying to listen to that new album you're working on um uh, you know, anything you want to say before we let you go? Um, I'd say, you know, you can find everything on Spotify, obviously. Um, the new stuff, I'd say, you know, if you want to really like not just my band, but any band or musician, I, I say, you know, right now, YouTube is a great way to go find live performances. And I say, like, for any band, go, go check <laughs> out their live performances. Like we did a great one in Germany at some summer splash um, summer jam. Sorry. Last year. Um, and there's a video of it. I think you can find it on YouTube, Travel Seeds and Cologne, Germany at Summer Jam. That's a good one. Um, maybe like the one of the Cali Roots performances or something. 
and you can get more of a feel for what the band is about. I think yeah. um, if you if you find live videos um, and watch, you know. As far as me personally, like I have a million things. Um, my band before Travel Seas is called Detour Posse. We were like the backing band for all the all the Jamaican artists. If you go on YouTube and look that up, you'll find a million things of me. Plus, I did like uh, uh, Jay Leno with Shaggy, and then George Lopez show with Shaggy, and also the James Corden show with Shaggy. So you could you could awesome. probably find those. Nice. Yeah, I think um, um, yeah, I was really pretty stoked to be able to do that shit. You know, playing the Tonight Show, I was like, whoa, dude, I made it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But uh, not not really, but in my mind, <laughs> in your mind. <laughs> I still went back to my one bedroom apartment, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, it's just really, it's really a blessing and cool to be able to do shit like that and say that you, not even say that you did it, but just be able to, you know, just, be, just have that, that in, your, you know, in your heart. Yeah, you know, you know right. growing up, I never won a Grammy or been nominated for that. So that's one goal of mine, even though I know, okay, the Grammy, blah, blah, they ain't shit, whatever. But to yeah, me, yeah. they're still, it's still That's an achievement, dude. That's an achievement. So, you know, like, you know, I, I do have aspirations of winning a Grammy one day. <laughs> we'll see. Mario, we should do Music Junkies Grammys. Like little things. <laughs> Oh, shit. Yeah. The there you go. Up. Yeah, that'd be... Yeah, I got my Music Junkie. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Best well, new artist. Zeb, you know, I uh, appreciate yeah. your time. You're an awesome guy. Thank you. For Thank you, man. I appreciate show. you guys, dude, um, and all the fans out there. Yeah. Like, like um, just keep it, keep it. And all the musicians that listen to this program and everything, man, just... Keep your head up, dude, and keep, you know, keep, don't ever give up on this shit. That's all I can say, yeah, bro, because you never up. know where you're going to end up, bro. You'll never know where you're going to end up, man. Take me crazy, crazy adventures and shit that I would have never done, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I hope that everybody gets to experience that one day at least, you know? So, you know, and I, as far as you guys go, send me your guys' um, links to your music because I never heard you guys' stuff. I would like to hear it. Well, well, definitely. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And um, yeah, have fun, bro. Thank you guys so much, dude. Appreciate right. y'all, man. Thank you, man. All right, we'll talk dude. soon. Well, that was a fucking awesome interview, dude. Zeb is Zeb awesome. Zeb is the man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was fun, dude. If you haven't heard of Tribal Seeds, we already had Victor Shamu on the show. Um, I don't want to guess the episode number, but you'll find it on Spotify. And this was Zeb, their drummer of Tribal Seeds. He's done a lot of other shit, like toured with Shaggy. What the fuck? it's yeah. really interesting when you ask it like different people in a band something because not every one person has that same experience man. yeah i know and everyone everyone feels different everyone thinks different you know it and it's kind of cool to get everyone's perspective mm -hmm. yeah so you know awesome guy i you know i can't wait to hear that new album that's that's coming out and you know we'll see we'll see where that that takes him hopefully up and up you know definitely one's got us support and i'm serious about those uh music junkies things music grammys junkies awards. <laughs> we gotta wait, make a music junkies wait till award. we at least hit a thousand followers on instagram and then we'll do it <laughs> we'll do a little music junkies like the devil yeah <laughs> down for that yeah all right well you know thank you guys for tuning in i really appreciate you guys i love you guys um be um keep an eye out for next week um, we do have someone coming up and I'll release the flyer about maybe Thursday. Um, and if you have anything for us, let us know, send us a message, buy our merch, support us in any way you can. And, you know, just keep on keeping on. And if you do buy something before the month of October is up before Halloween, you will get a 10% discount. So act fast. 
Awesome. Well, stay safe. Love you. Take it easy.